0: I am so thankful to see all of you this morning. Y'all look beautiful. Uh, what a crazy, crazy week it's been. It's been a crazy week. God's been doing some good things. Um, Heather, my daughter up here on the keyboard, Heather and I were privileged to um, make a quick trip to Mexico this week. You say, how do you make a quick trip to Mexico? You just keep driving. And um, so we made a quick trip to Mexico this week. Uh, as we get ready to plan a new uh, project there where we're going to be building a, uh, a house for the elderly. Because in uh, Mexico, the elderly kind of get put aside. Um, they do that in the U.S. too, by the way. But in Mexico, even more so, there's no government programs to take care of them. And so, um, I took my brains with me, Heather with me. and She's so smart. And we had a quick trip there. And then our team is there right now. They're they're there, and they had our first youth outreach. It's the first one we've done for youth. We've done kids. We had the first youth outreach. Can you put that pick up for me real please? Look at that. Over 100 kids. And uh, I won't steal all the thunder. I'll let them tell you more about that next Sunday, but... It's amazing but I want to take a minute this morning just to share with you uh, what's going on here in our house uh, if you've not been next door over over on the children's side uh, we've just about got everything painted uh, if you poke your head into the kitchen we've got new granite countertops over there uh, this week uh, we're gonna get the walls painted out the cabinets have been painted the bathrooms have been painted we got to paint the trim and cabinets in there we're getting ready to do a little tear out over my old office area to put the nursery over there and we've been doing lots of work and all those has been coming to help uh man i just thank you so much where's heidi where's heidi at? Hi- heidi stand up man this girl is a beast i mean she's getting it done audrey where's Audrey? stand up audrey i know y'all know i'm always bragging on audrey Chrissy, where you at Chrissy? She's in the nursery today, still working for Jesus, love it. All of our folks, all of our hands, Peyton and Matthew and and just working, just getting it all done, moving cabinets, moving this, moving that, working and slaving and just getting it done, huh? Kenyon, where's Kenyon, where's Kenyon? He's outside working, he's outside, Kenyon, Tammy. I just better stop naming names. This is just, uh, Nicole. Where's Nicole? N- Nicole works me to death. Nicole, man, that, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Deb, you taught her how to work good. I mean, she works now. So we're just thankful for all these people. And, um, but we're going to be doing some more changes. You're going to be seeing some more things. But here's what I want you to be praying about. We're not doing this today, so nobody get nervous. Why don't you be praying about Because we want to do a big renovation on this side. We're gonna take out some walls, gonna take out the ceiling, gonna put in some new things. And everybody said it costs money. And we have great credit, we can go borrow money. The bank is so excited to loan us money. But when you go get does anybody know this some a little economic class, when you borrow money, what happens? You gotta pay it back. And with a little interest on it, all right? Now there's some people in the room that like that. They're in the business of doing that. Loaning money getting a little back, but we don't want to pay nobody back, but we want to, yeah, come on somebody, we want to pay it off, so we want to pay it off, say that again, pay it off, pay it off, off. and so, and so, um, when you get here next Sunday, you're going to see some more changes, they're painting the outside of the building this week, if the sun shines, they're going to paint the outside of the building, got a lot going on, but, um, so it's going to take money so i believe that we have every dollar we need in this building for the renovation i don't believe we got to go borrow any money i believe the money's sitting in this room right here this morning you know my old bishop used to say said god she said the good thing is god has the money the bad thing is it's in your pocket so i don't have a number yet but it's going to be you know pretty good chunk of change and, but I want us to be praying about what God can use you to give. And you don't have to wait till the offering. You can start giving next Sunday. But we, we want to believe that, God, we want to pay it off. We want to pay it off. And uh, we don't want to borrow no more money from the bank. Amen? So we want to do ministry in this city. And um, aren't you glad you go to a church? How many, often do you hear me get up and talk about money? Not very seldom. You know why? Because you're a giving church. This church gives incredibly. Incredibly. And so we don't have to get up and beg for money. I'm so thankful for that. I'm glad I didn't gotta get up here and beat you over the head every week. God, we just need some money. We need you to give you tithe, give you offering. We're just gonna go to the poor house if you don't. Thank God we got givers in this house. Give yourself a hand. So we want you to we want you to give and we want you to pray about it and uh, just the Lord's going to lay big numbers on your heart, and um, we're going to all partner together to pay it off. Is that a good plan? Plan. Yeah. plan. So I'm just sharing a vision with you. How many enjoy having this one service? Yeah. yeah. And if everybody shows up, you're not going to have anywhere to sit. So you know we need to knock some walls down. And get ready for more people. Amen. 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 I'm excited about it. Well, praise God. I'm so excited, too, because I'm exhausted from this week. Can I tell you, I, I rented a four-wheel drive truck, and that thing like to beat me to death. So I uh, I didn't buy it. I just rented it. I carried it back this morning. Dirty. Here, have it back. <laughs> and uh, But I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for Michelle. She's going to come and speak today and share the word with you. Uh, And um, I love this lady. She's a wonderful friend and uh, a great, a great preacher at that. And so I'm thankful for her. And so why don't we give her a big hand this morning?
1: Good morning. So, um, We have been talking about love all month. Obviously, it's the month of love, even though as Christians, we should love all the time. Amen. Um, And outside of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I would think that my absolute favorite love scriptures are out of the book of Song of Songs. And that is a story to the bride of Christ and just wow, his relentless pursuit of us. And it's so personal. Like if you look at Song of Songs, it's so personal. Put you yourself in the story and you see how he continues and how the bride says, but I'm not ready. And he's like, okay, well, I'll wait till you're ready. And then he comes back again. Are you ready now? Yes, I'm almost ready. And, and it's just this re- relentless pursuit of him to his bride and to you. And after that my next favorite that actually shows love in application it shows love on a whole another level of not just saying like you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself this is actually what it looks like <laughs> is Philemon. And Philemon is this amazing story of how Paul is in he is in Rome he is imprisoned in his house It's the year 60 A.D., 27 years after Jesus dies on a cross, Paul is writing this letter to Philemon. And this is the time when he's on house arrest that he actually writes all the letters. We call them prison letters because that's when he writes Ephesians, Philippians, he writes Colossians, and Philemon during this time. And we call it prison letters. But what did house arrest look like? House arrest did not look like what we see today when people are on house arrest and they have the bracelet. Or I just go to Medea. I'm sorry. Like every time I think of house arrest, I go to Medea. And so it's not Medea. It is actually chains, chained up in your house with a prison guard at your house. But this did allow him to to preach the gospel still, it allowed him to write the letters since he was on house arrest. So this is a letter from Paul and Timothy, writing a letter to Philemon and his family and the church family. The letter is concerning Onesimus. Onesimus is Philemon's runaway slave. And when he ran away, he also stole money from him. So he just didn't run away and just say, okay, I'm out of this. He obviously stole a lot of money from Philemon before he left to go to Rome where Paul is. So Onesimus ran to Rome, possibly because Rome was so big that that he could fit in. But you can run, but you can't hide. Tell your neighbor, you can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. Because somehow, somehow, Onesimus and Paul find one another. Somehow. Say that's divine appointment. Divine appointment. So Onesimus and Paul find one another, and Paul actually becomes Onesimus' spiritual father. Onesimus converts to Christianity. He says yes to this Jesus that we know and becomes Paul's spiritual son. So I'm just setting up the background here. And so this is the letter that Paul writes and pins to Philemon and gives it to Onesimus to return to Philemon for reconciliation. So what you're seeing is a, a letter from Paul reconciling Onesimus back to his master Philemon. Are we all on the same page? you got to get the background story so you can see the whole picture here of how beautiful this looks like love in action. Okay, so we can start. Ryan, if you can put, so we're going to go through the whole book. All 25 verses. So get ready. Why don't you do this? Why don't you get out your phone and actually on your Bible app, go to the Passion Translation. Look up Philemon. It's right before Hebrews if you actually have your Bible. It's like two pages long. When you get there, tell me amen. Amen. All right. So from Paul, a prisoner of the anointed one, Jesus. Now, do you stop right here? Do you see who he's imprisoned by? He is not imprisoned by the Roman government, but he actually says, I have been captivated by the love of Jesus. And then he says, and Timothy, our brother. So it's Paul and Timothy writing the letter to Philemon. Now, if you don't have a Timothy in your life, I pray that you ask for one. Now, this is not someone who is actually by your side that says, yes, I'll come to barbecue and come swim in your pool. But this is actually somebody who will be by your side when you're in prison. You're Louise to the Thelma. I mean, that didn't end so well, but we all need a Louise in our life. Amen? And I pray that you have a Timothy in your life that will actually go through thick and thin with you. So to Philemon, our precious friend and companion in this work, to the church that meets in his house, along with our dear sister Apipha, who is Philemon's wife, and our fellow soldier Archippus, which is Philemon's son, is what they are believing. Because you would typically write the letter to the whole household. To the church that meets... As well. So may God your Father and the Lord Jesus Christ pour out his grace and peace upon you. I'm always thankful to my God as I remember you in my prayers because I'm hearing reports about your faith in the Lord Jesus and how much love you have for his holy followers. I pray for you that the faith we share may may effectively deepen your understanding of every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. Your love has impacted me and brings me great joy and encouragement. For the hearts of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you." So here he's talking to the whole community, and where are they meeting? House church. Say house church. church. Amen. House church. So he's not only sending this letter to Philemon, but he also makes this, it goes from a personal letter to a public letter to the whole house church. Who knows we need each other? We say it every week, but we need each other. It says in here that the house church, it's about faith in God. So we come together. We have faith in God. We have a love for one another. We have hearts that are refreshed in house church because we need each other. In Acts, it actually says that they share meals together. They go house to house, breaking bread, sharing meals together. House church looks like meals together. House church looks like being the miracle for one another and praying for one another. Last week when we got word that Angela Murray's daughter Grace had been in an accident, we stopped and we prayed because that's what we do for one another. And here's the deal about house church though. Is that it's it's the very thing we need but it's the very thing that it's like, "Oh, but I want to be disconnected from people because we're living in a society right now and, I, and, and the Lord just showed me this in worship and it was like, we live in a society right now where it's like, okay, well, are you Democrat or are you Republican? Because that means we can hang out. Do you vaccinate or are you a non-vaxxer? That's the only way that we can hang out. Are you a breastfeeder? Oh, no. You, you actually formula feed. We can't hang out. We mom shame real good. And we live in this society where it actually becomes our identity is how we're so separate. Do you see what is going on? It's like we have become a people who it's like, okay, let me see how much I can divide the pie. So I can show my identity in that. Well, I hate to tell you if you're a Christian, your only identity is in Christ. We have one Father. We have one Father. And Jesus Christ is the one who paid the hugest price for you. And that is all we need to have in common to come together in house church. I hate how the enemy has divided us so much. Yes, house church, people get in your business. I hope people are getting in your business. I hope they are. It says iron sharpeneth iron. So unless I have somebody else sharpening me, I cannot be fully who God created me to be because I have blind sides. There's sometimes when I just can't see it that I need somebody in my life that's saying, you can't see this, but you're doing this, and that's not Christ-like. And right now, I am fully accountable to many people who I say, anytime I have a blind side, please tell me. They're up in my business because I want them to be up in my business. They need to be up in my business so a couple weeks ago we had the pleasure, I want Audrey to come for a second. I want her to just kind of give you the testimony of um, of kind of what happened to her. I'll let her kind of
2: intro it. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, so 15 days ago I experienced an injury that I've never had before. It was excruciating, excruciating. Um, I can't even talk. I'm just so nervous. But um, Michelle had asked me to talk today about what happened. So. I did something while I was exercising and I just felt something different in my back I knew if you know me I'm Audrey and I go everywhere I do everything I keep going I keep going but this was a time that God wanted me to lay down in my bed even if I didn't want to I needed to Um, I need to rest I needed to wait and rely on people my husband was out of town and he's still out of town working Um, so I didn't know who to call I called Lisa Maggio I don't know where she's at today but um, (laughs) she text me, not knowing what had happened just an hour ago. And I didn't know who to call. I looked at my phone. I said, God, who do I call? And that was who the person I called. So in all this whole situation, God, God has always been revealing to me that relationships aren't something. They're everything. They're everything guys. Like it's not because it's not because they want something from you, but it's because the deeper connection that you have with each other. And I called Lisa. She came immediately. She stayed overnight. She saw me in the worst possible way that anyone has ever seen me. I was just broken. But all through that night, she prayed. She loved on me. We called other people that I knew I could trust and I could look at. They were my team, guys. They were my team that came to my rescue. But what you guys don't know is that For a year and a half, I have been writing in my journal that I have deep relationships with these people. Every single day I've written that. All that group of people came to my rescue that first three days, not knowing what I had written down for the past year and a half. So God created us for community. Like Every single person here, God wants us to do life together. And those key people in my life came at the right time, at the right place to do the right activity. They were, not everybody showed up and gave meals. Some people came up and took my kids for three days, two days. Some kids, some people um, stayed with me in my bed, came with me, slept over even. You know, um, we had a girl's sleepover. <laughs> um, so that happened, and in that time that I was down, I had a mind shift. My, my, I kept telling myself, faith over fear. Because when you're on your back, and you can't move. When you're moving, even just a little bit, you're excruciating. It's, it's, it's painful. And so I kept telling myself faith over fear, mm-hmm. faith over fear. I will get to the other side and something, something out of this will happen. And I can look back on it. So many lessons out of this. Um, they're just, you have to let people into your life to allow people to help you. Be specific on how you want them to help. I need help with my kids. I need help with meals. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I went to my bed that day, I didn't know what my house looked like. It was crazy, Saturday, it was a Saturday morning. When I came, I literally stayed in my bed for three days. On Monday, I, wo- I went down the stairs for the first time. My, my house was different, in a good way. <laughs> Michelle came in and cleaned my kitchen. Other people washed my dishes, took the trash out. And anything that they could do, they helped. So be, pra- be practical in how you, people need to know how you need to help them. Um, and just, it's all about, you're not a bothersome to people, they want to be there for you. They want you to be there for them. And they're not, and sometimes you may be afraid to ask, but you're going to have to let people into your heart, into your life, mm-hmm. to see the messy, and that's okay. That's so I don't apologize if you come to my house unexpe- on, on, Unannounced. I don't apologize for the way that my house is because it's just what it is. I have four kids, or we have four kids, you know. So, Pete, I want to leave you with this one thing: is that people will often forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you said it, how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And um, Michelle didn't know, but I wrote in here um, for your house church. Get involved. Go to a house church because those are the people that I called on. Thank you. Thank you, Audrey.
1: Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah, so they actually use the word in, in the Greek language for community is called koinonia. And there's actually no, there's no English word for that. There's no actual word that we can use in the English language that actually defines with what koinonia means in this passage, and in all the passages, like in Acts. And, um, and, but it, it is community. is community in action. It's, um, it's so interesting, because like, it's fellowship. It's sharing with one another. It's a jointly contributed gift. So community is a gift to you. Community is a gift to you, and yes, yeah, sometimes it is. It's it's hard to see the blind side. It's hard to to know that somebody else mopped your floor, or it's hard to see those. Like it it's hard to be vulnerable enough to see those places, or it's hard to. It, it's really hard when somebody says you're really bitter right now, and you need to forgive. You're really bitter, and it's it it it's inhibiting your prayers being answered by God. And that's what we see in this story with Philemon is his that's why he made it he made it then a a instead of a personal letter just to Philemon, he made it to the whole his whole house and to his whole house church because now it's like well now you're accountable because you need to see that this is a place where you need to forgive. So we can go on to to verse 8. It says, even though I have enough boldness in Christ that I can command you to do what is proper. Paul is actually, he is an apostle. In most cases, he's writing a letter and he's saying, Yes, I'm an apostle. The apostle Paul writes to you. But here it's like, No, I don't have to write to you and say my title. I don't have to bust out the org chart here and tell you who I am because we're in enough relationship and we're, we're friends enough, Philemon, that I can actually, I know that you're going to do the right thing. So he says, um, I could command you to do what's proper. I'd much rather make an appeal because of our friendship. So here I am, an old man, a prisoner for Christ, making my loving appeal to you. It is on behalf of my child, whose whose spiritual father I became while here in prison. That is Onesimus. Yes. So we see here that... Paul is saying, like, I don't have to bust out the org chart. I don't have to bust out the organization. You know that the apostle could actually tell you, like, flat out, you need to forgive. But instead, he's saying, we have enough friendship here. We have enough friendship here that, that I can actually, I know that you're going to do the right thing, Philemon. I know you're going to do the right thing here and that you're actually going to forgive who my spiritual son is now. I mean, just, just think about this. Somebody who stole from you, he stole a large sum of money from you. And now they're coming back and saying, well, he's Christian now and you need to forgive this large sum of money. You need to to forgive him because now he's my spiritual son. But I did put in my notes, like, it's interesting because when I'm reading this, uh, I just put, how do you feel about authority in your life demanding something of you? Most of us don't like that. Don't, most of us don't like, because love is really a choice, and we can even go back to Genesis, where love is a choice, because he puts two trees in the garden. He puts two trees because there's always a choice. And so we see from time and time, like he is not putting a gun up to you and saying to live for Christ." It's a choice. This forgiveness, it's a choice. But I do thank God that I have these kind of relationships in my life that have authority to be able to tell me, you need to forgive. You need to forgive. And this church actually is set up this way too. We have, we have overseers in the church that actually have full authority to say, you have a blind side here. You have something going on here. a a a person in our life or, or overseers in our life that actually say i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you accountable i'm gonna account for your abilities you're not living to the highest level right here you're not living fully as god created you to be right here and i love that i love i love the fact that we can have people in our lives that can actually speak hard truths to us amen amen look at your neighbor and say you're a gift you're a gift. So let's go to verse 11. <clears throat> Formerly he was not useful to you or valuable to you, but now he is valuable to both of us. And he's actually using a play on words here. Paul's using a play on words because Onesimus' name actually means valuable. So that's really cute. I love how Paul does that. He is my very heart. And I've set him back to you with this letter. I will have preferred to keep him by my side so that he could take your place as my helper during my imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. However, I did not want to make this decision without your consent so that your act of kindness would be a matter of obligation, but out of willingness, a choice. Perhaps you could think of it this way. He was separated you from you for a short time so that you could have him back forever. So welcome him. Get this. So welcome him no longer as a slave, but more than that, as a dearly loved brother. Wow. And I've often heard the, the statement why didn't why wasn't slavery addressed enough in the Bible? But if you ever see the heart of God, all you need is the Holy Spirit to see. You don't need to bring him back as a slave. You need to bring him back as a brother. It's right here. It's right here. You don't need any more scripture than this. You don't need any more Holy Ghost than this to say, accept him as a brother. Accept him as a brother. He is that to me especially and how much more so to you, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. So if you consider me to be your friend and partner, accept him the same way you would accept me. Wow. So now only do you want me to receive him back, as a Christian, now you're saying I receive him back, not as a slave, but as a brother. Wow, that's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. This whole thing is forgiveness. And not only is he asking him something, he had a legal right to put Onesimus to death. His legal right was to put him to death, but he's saying, not only do I want you to... to, to to bring him back, I want you to bring him back as a brother. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing the mercy and the, and the forgiveness here? And how often it is that, that we come to a place, somebody stole something from us, and we're like, I'm completely shutting them out. Somebody said a word over us, who it probably wasn't even a word that they, that it's probably not even what it meant. And we're like, oh, I'm blocking, I'm, I'm blocking them out. The price that Jesus paid for you, the price that he paid for you, wow, he took it all on. And it's the best gift you could ever receive. And if you haven't received Christ, he is here right now waiting for you to ask for forgiveness. Waiting to accept this amazing gift that He gave you. We all have fallen short. We have all made mistakes. We have all sinned against God. But it's then saying, Oh my gosh, you paid this price for me, and I accept your gift. God, I accept your gift. So you know I love, I love lists. And so I love the methodical thinking. So I found a list. So let's talk about 10 things that forgiveness is. Forgiveness is the opposite of vengeance. You will pay. We're going to settle the score, I'm going to make you pay until we're even. Vengeance is not forgiveness. Vengeance is putting into the hands of a gracious God and saying, He alone alone carries the vengeance. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Forgiveness is not shifting your focus from the one who hurt you to the one who can heal you. When we give it to him, we shift our eyes from the place that we have been so badly hurt. To him who took 39 stripes on his back and was nailed to a cross. Forgiveness is both a one-time event and an ongoing process. How many times have you forgiven somebody of something and, they, and it just festers back up? <laughs> and the Bible says 70. How many times should I, should I forgive somebody in a day? 70 times. Seven. Seven. Like, we should stay in a place of forgiveness. I remember Jane, one time, somebody was blowing smoke on our table as we were eating, and, which is actually against the law in Louisiana. Like, you can't, you can't smoke at a restaurant, and they're blowing smoke on us. And so she addresses it, and um, as he goes to leave, he takes a big puff and blows it back on us. And, um, and she goes, that's okay. I've already forgiven him. I've already forgiven him. If we stay in a place of our core value, like I'm unoffendable. I'm unoffendable. And I already stay in a place of I'm already gonna forgive whatever it is that happened. Good, that's good. Passing the case to a higher court. Forgiveness is passing the case to a higher court and saying, Now God is the judge. I'm no longer the judge. God is the judge. Five, taking the burden you cannot carry and handing it to Jesus. We give it over to him because we can't carry it. You were never meant to carry offense. You were never meant to carry this unforgiveness, this bitterness in your heart. You can't carry it, but he can. And it's his joy to carry your offense. Giving up control of the outcome a lot of times we say, but only if it works out like this will I be able to forgive. We can't control the outcome. You're saying I'm, getting, I'm taking my hands off of it because I can't control the outcome. Not keeping a record of wrongs. Boxing it up. Forgiveness is not boxing it up and putting it. Forgiveness is boxing it up and putting it out of sight. How often do we want to put our offense in the things that have happened to us on the bookshelf so everybody can see? We put it on the coffee table so everybody who walks in your house can say, somebody did that to them. And we hold it up like a trophy where it really needs to be boxed up and put in the attic. Amen. Amen. Opening the door for their repentance and possibly reconciliation. So anytime that we forgive, we open that door and say possibly, depending on what the offense was, possibly there could be reconciliation. Choosing health for your body. Forgiveness is choosing health for your body. Do you know that more ailments come from out of bitterness? Your high blood pressure, probably bitterness. Heart condition can sometimes come from bitterness. Our anxiety, stress, worry, a lot of times bitterness. It's one of those things that sometimes you just need to stop and take, you, you feel something going on in your body. Okay, is there, is there a root to this, God? Is there somebody that I need to forgive? Or is there, if, if there's two things I've learned, is there somebody I need to forgive or is there a fear in my life that I need to address. It's one or the other. If something's going on in your body, ask those two things and see if Holy Spirit answers you because he will answer you every time if you ask. Eight things forgiveness is not denying or pretending. It's not covering a crime. You can personally forgive and call the cops at the same time. Do not stay in an abusive women. Do not stay in an abusive relationship. Amen. Call the cops on them and forgive them later. Okay. There's justice for a reason. There is not love without justice. Amen. If you've read um, Everybody Always, they, I mean the things that the the witch doctors were doing to the little kids were mind-blowing. And yes, he was putting the witch doctors in jail, but at the same time going to the jail and ministering Christ to them. And if you've read that book, you need to read the book. It, it should definitely be a, a must read on your list. And I'm sure you can even get it on audio. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, we're not going to cover a crime. We're not going to, you're going to call the cops. But um, it's forgiveness is not based on their repentance. So often, well, I'm not going to forgive them because they have not given me an apology yet. Don't wait for that. Don't wait. It's not worth sleepless nights. It's not worth it. And it's also not completely forgetting. Sometimes it's, it's, it still comes up. And like I said before, like you have to forgive all over again. It's not necessarily forgetting. You can ask God to cover it so much where you can forget, but sometimes you don't forget, and you have to forgive all over again. And we think, oh, well, I haven't forgiven because I'm thinking about it again. No, just stay in a place of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not trusting the person. Trust is earned. Trust is earned. Okay, so... Your father does things to you that he shouldn't do and now wants to watch your kids. No. But he's now a Christian. No. Okay? Trust is earned. Trust is earned. Just because you forgive them does not mean that you trust them now. Okay? Am I clear on that? Okay. Okay without going into detail. <laughs> it's not needing to agree. Sometimes we can agree to disagree, and we can forgive the disagreement. It's okay. We forgive the disagreement. Even though we might not see eye to eye, we can forgive the disagreement. Forgiveness is not public. Just because you post your, your apology or post your, your, on social media, it's a private thing. It's a very, the person who offended you, the person who disappointed you, the person who attacked you, um, it it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be public. It could be a per- very personal thing. They might not even have to know about it, but it's, it's between you and God, and you give him, you give, let him be the judge now, amen, and it's. And um, forgiveness is not God's forgiveness. He can still send them to hell. Okay. So if we go to Philemon 18, verse 21, I mean, eight, verse 18 through 21. Okay. And if he had stolen anything from you or owes you anything, what's it say? Just place it on my account. I, Paul, have written these words in my own handwriting. I, pay, I promise to pay you back everything to say nothing of the fact that you owe me your very self. And what I got from this was that Paul was probably the reason that Philemon is a Christian and knows Jesus. And so Philemon actually owes Paul his life because he told him about Christ Christ. Yes, my brother, enrich my soul in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. I'm writing to you with confidence that you will comply with my request and do even more than I'm asking. Come on. This is amazing love right here. This is an amazing act of grace right here. Paul says, put it on my tab. How much would, it, would, would you say, like, okay, I know that their debt to you is $500. Is $500 too much to say, oh, okay, yeah, you can still put that on my tab? What about 1000 Where Where's your limit stopped? Jesus' limit never stopped. He had no cap on the amount of the price that he paid for you. And not only is he saying that, he's like, okay, I paid this huge price for you. Now I'm expecting you to forgive. And if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. It is a command. See, he took our debt. At the cross, he took our debt. Everything that we owed, every sin that we had committed, he takes our debt onto his body and presents us to the Father completely blameless. That's what righteousness is. He then turns to the Father and says, oh, no, 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 they are righteous. They, they do have a ticket to heaven because I have taken every single thing on me and you get to decide today. We all have places in our life. Somebody has hurt you. Somebody has disappointed you. Somebody has stolen from you. Somebody has said very ugly things about you. And you get to decide this morning, am I gonna forgive? Am I gonna let the debt go? And let God be the judge? Or am I gonna hold on to this thing? Am I going to hold it on and I'm going to let it fester and I'm going to let it eat me alive or I'm going to give that to him and say, you know what, he's a much better judge than me. Yes, he is. I'm not going to, to see whether or not it all tallies up at the end. I'm not going to see whether your, your apology, it, it outweighs what you did to me. I'm not, I'm not going to keep a record of wrongs. So you might be in this place, and you might be the one who is like Paul, who, he was the jihad of Christians. He was a jihadist, basically, and God totally reformed him. And now you know the price that, God paid for you, and you need to bring other people out. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe it's you. You're Onesimus. You're like, God, I've given this over to you, but there's a debt that I cannot pay. And I need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe you're Philemon this morning, and you, you're the one who needs to actually forgive and put somebody back in a place where they can be your brother or, their, or your sister. But whatever place that you find yourself in this morning, Christ paid for it. Christ paid your debt this morning. Thank you, Jesus. He bought it. And now you can in turn return the favor let's all stand if worship team if you can come it's interesting because at the end of this story it says that mark was with paul luke mark and a few others but before this had happened mark left paul stranded on a mission's trip but now he's been reconciled back to paul At the end of the story, Paul understands both sides. Paul understands what it's like to have his high price forgiven. And he also understands what it's like to be reconciled to a brother who probably didn't deserve it. But none of us deserve it. None of us deserve this grace. None of us deserve this mercy. Jesus says it's it was his joy set before him you were his joy so I just challenge you this morning I challenge all of us this morning first of all I I just want to pray like God if there's something if there's anything that's In our hearts, God, that's blocking our communication with you, God. If there's anything in our hearts this morning that is blocking our relationship with you, God, I just ask right now, God, that you just reveal the hurt and the pain, God. I ask that you reveal to us this morning, God, any place of offense, God, because we don't even want the enemy to get one foothold in, God. It's not worth it. It's not worth anything coming between us, God. So, God, right now, I just ask, Lord, that you just reveal, God, places in our hearts, God, that, 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 that it's unresolved, Lord. Unresolved conflict, God. I just pray right now, Lord. There be any place in me, God. God. I don't want anything between us, God, if there's any place in me, God. Now, God, I just place that thing, God. I just place that thing, God, that you told me, God. I just place it into your hands, God, because you're the best judge of all, Lord. I give it over to you, God, because you are the best judge. Vengeance is yours and yours alone, God. I forgive, God. I forgive that thing, God. I forgive myself, God. Maybe this morning you need to forgive yourself. Say, I'm sorry I talked to you that way. I'm sorry when I looked in the mirror that, that I said I didn't like the way that you looked. I'm sorry, God, of the things that I've called my body. Maybe you need to forgive yourself for actions or things that you've said. Yeah. Yeah, God, forgive us, God.